Good to see you all. Welcome back. Welcome back from Israel. <laughs> Thank you for all your prayers for us. After you began praying, after I sent that emergency letter out, we didn't have another accident. We did have Dutch, whose leg swelled on the flight and needed to stay on in Austria to see a doctor, and then she flew on the next day. So she had the best holiday because she had 24 hours in Austria in a very nice hotel. And she said as the ambulance drove her to the hospital, she got to see a whole lot of the city. <laughs> and then as she rode a cab back to the um, airport the next day, she got to see a whole lot more of the city. So she had a great time. She said, I have no complaints. I've got to go all my own touring. <clears throat> so thank you for your prayers. We're going to start with singing Isaiah 51:11. This is a scripture song. It's on your sheet, a little sheet on your table. We sang this uh, the first night we arrived in, in uh, Israel. Scripture says, So the redeemed or the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. And everlasting joy shall be on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sign shall flee away. So we're gonna, we have sung this a couple of times in here. It shouldn't be new to any of you. I hope you can join in right away. And what we're going to do this morning is um, have a few people share. We'll go back and forth with songs depending on how easy the flow is. Uh, but you should hear from at least 10 of the tour group, hopefully for, from even more than that. Okay, therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads again. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain, they shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning shall flee away hey therefore the redeemed of the lord shall return and come with singing unto zion everlasting joy shall be upon their heads again therefore therefore the redeemed of the lord shall return come with singing unto zion everlasting joy shall be upon their heads therefore the redeemed of the lord shall return and come with singing unto zion everlasting joy shall be upon their heads they shall obtain they shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning shall flee away therefore the redeemed of the lord shall return and come with singing unto zion everlasting joy everlasting everlasting joy shall be up everlasting joy shall be upon their Amen. The redeemed of the Lord have returned from Zion. Let's pray together. Let's commit the, the morning to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be back together again. Thank you for how you carried our group while we were in Israel, for how you sustained us, for the many ways you protected us. Thank you that your hand was upon us, that you went before us and you went behind us. Thank you for our friends here who covered us in prayer. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for awakening some in the night to pray for us. Thank you for those who woke up early in the morning to pray and those who went to bed praying. Lord, truly we are a family and we all depend on you. And we love you, Lord. Be with us this morning. Uh, our people that share from the trip, I pray that they will be at peace and be calm and be able to glorify you and all they share in Jesus name amen we're going to start with Kevin and Francis Malone Kevin if you'll come on up
Good morning. <clears throat> One of our about here. Okay. Yeah, please. One inspiring stop on our Israel trip was Mount Carmel, a holy mountain. Uh, you may remember the story of Elijah in 1 Kings 18, where Elijah called fire from heaven to show the 450 Baal priests that they couldn't get their God to burn the sacrifice. But the God of Israel prevailed. The fire of the Lord fell and burned upon Elijah's sacrifice, the wood, the stones, even the soil was burned. All the people saw this fell prostate and said, the Lord, he is God. Atop this beautiful mountain, we attended a prophetic worship service at the Carmel Assembly Worship Center. At this place, Reuben and Janet were part of the, the group of people that helped build that, the center. And I guess 20, 25 years ago, right? Something like that. Mid-90s. So we had a worship there that afternoon, and it was amazing, truly amazing. Um, nearby was a statue of Elijah, I'd say 25 feet tall, with his sword in the air, and basically the story came alive again. So in conclusion of, of that, I would definitely say the Holy Spirit was very alive on that mountain, and I really felt like I was on holy ground. Well, not only is this my experience in Israel, but it's also kind of my testimony um, thank you. I grew up in a Christian home, but my parents didn't take us to church on a regular basis. My grandfather took me mostly, and he was Church of Christ. By the time I knew I wanted to give my heart to Jesus and be baptized, my grandfather explained to me that if you aren't a member of the Church of Christ, you're going to hell. I just couldn't grasp that belief after all after all, many of our other family members were Methodist, many of my friends were Baptist, and they all loved Jesus and were great Christians. How could they possibly be going to hell? Needless to say, I wanted no part of that belief. Soon after Kevin and I married in the Baptist church, I decided it was time for me to be baptized. My baptism included many others in a nighttime ceremony. We were herded in a group, and I didn't get the chance to talk with anyone to tell them my fear of the water. It wasn't a pleasant experience. I gasped and sputtered, was quite embarrassed. I was proud that I'd finally been baptized, but I didn't feel the cleansing that I thought I would experience. My fear of the water had gotten in the way of my true baptism. Since that time, my Christian walk has grown so much. I could feel the Holy Spirit as soon as we drove into the kibbutz where we stayed on the shores of Galilee. The presence of Jesus was so strong and overwhelmed me with loving gladness in my heart that God could love a sinner like me. The Sea of Galilee is where Jesus' ministry really came to life. He called his disciples to be fisher of men and perform many miracles, one of which was walking on the waters of Galilee and calling unto Peter to walk on the water to join him in Matthew 14, 22 to 33. Our group took a boat ride on the sea and had a beautiful devotion and sang songs. I felt the urging of the Holy Spirit to rededicate my life to him. That evening at sunset, once Janet and Reuben began gathering the others to be baptized on the shore of the Galilee, I knew I had to do it. How could my fear of water be an obstacle right where Jesus had walked and performed miracles? 
It was the cleansing I was looking for. The bitterness, hurt, pain, and sin was washed away. I felt the Holy Spirit cleanse me. The warm glow of the sun setting and the presence of the group made the baptism truly special. I believe Israel is a must visit for all believers. Who can get there? It is where the Bible comes to life in amazing ways. If you can't visit, you should all be informed of the needs of God's chosen land by searching for the real news and praying for them always. Thank you. I think I broke. Wow, wasn't that precious? Wow. Francis, you ought to write that down. You ought to write a book. <laughs> All right, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just call some people, and I'm not going to embarrass you because uh, you already volunteered. How about Karen and Jamie? Can you two come on up? Let's hear from you, and then Jan will lead us in another song. They were such a blessing on this trip. I, I tell you, every single one of the 39, including the two Australians that are actually South Africans. Yeah, that was really great. And we had a New Zealander tour guide, and there's enmity between New Zealand and Australia in regards to their rugby team. Anyway, it was wonderful. <laughs> so Karen and Jamie, please. I'm going to keep this short because I know Mary Ann and uh, Julie have got a lot to say. So. Um, and Karen's got about eight pages of notes. <laughs> anyway, for me, it was the Sea of, for me, it was the Sea of Galilee because that's where Jesus spent most of his, um, his ministry. And the landscape had not changed much, I've been told, since he was there. So I could see the mountains that he saw. I could see the mountain pass that he would go through uh, his last time to uh, Jerusalem. Uh, that and the, um, I guess, the uh, Messianic Jewish church service because they were singing in Hebrew and English, and that was cool. So. I'm have a hard time. It was so hard for me to leave. Um, I truly felt I was at home there. Thanks. Um, it was all amazing. Every place we went, I felt the the Holy Spirit, and I, I could imagine that Jesus was there, and um, the teaching was so awesome, um, and even the devotionals, where's Julie? Everything was so amazing. Um, I went back over my notes yesterday, and, and I, was, I was seeing, I I'd put stars near certain things that I really did need to focus on, certain questions like, how do I show my love to you, God? Do others see Jesus in me? What am I sacrificing? What will I let go of for God? Um, those were things that, that Janet or Reuben or, or different ones that had done devotions. And this is just like a third of my notes. Um, oh, and, uh, this is something that I bought for my grandchildren. Um, yes, it's the miracles of Jesus and just different things around the Galilee different things that happened and, and that was just such a special time too like Francis said um, but the, the moment that touched me the most was when we, we um, Reuben was teaching on um, Peter and when Peter had denied Jesus three times and then when, the, when they went to the tomb and they said um and the angel was there and, and told them to, to go and tell everyone and to especially tell Peter because he had, he had failed and he'd repented and, and God wanted to restore him, and he did. He restored him at the Sea of Galilee. And, and I, I have failed him so many times, and he has restored me, and I just praise God. Thank you. It takes a lot of courage to get up and speak here, especially if you feel emotional about what you've been going through. So thank you, you two. Thank you, the other two. Um, before we sing again, I see that more of our tour group have come in, and I want to make sure we have enough time for everyone to share. So Reuben, who's on the list next? Joyce, Julie, and Ray. Okay, Joyce, Marish, can you come on up? Julie, you'll be after her. Ray, you'll be after her. Great, thanks.
just, I'll just tell you quickly that while uh, every morning as we got on the bus, there was a different person who led a brief devotional and led us in prayer. We tried for everyone to minister to everyone, and actually we had a lot of that because we had people that, I can't even tell you how many times people took care of each other, helped them on and off the bus, got at the end of the line, made sure there weren't any stragglers, protected from any pickpockets. I mean, we, we really, really, the body of Christ took care of the body of Christ. It was wonderful. Bill's here for support. He's not going to talk. He said. <laughs> but I wanted to first say, and I don't see them here, was Ann and Joe Bob. Because of Ann's accident, we got to go. Otherwise, we would not have gotten to go. So I had brought them a little gift, which we as Texans and somebody by the name of Joe Bob would um, probably enjoy getting it. And it says... Shalom, y'all. <laughs> but anyway, to say anything of what this trip was like is impossible to put in words. It's all in our hearts. It's in our spirits and what God has done at this time. As some said, the Bible came alive. Now then, when I read about Jesus going from this place to that place, it was not an easy journey. It was not, it was over mountains, it was over hills, it was in valleys. But he made it to each town. And then when we were at the pool of Bethesda, to think how that Jesus looked down on one that had been sick for so long and had such mercy and made him whole at that time, even though he had complained. Nobody put me in, you know, like it was somebody else's fault. But Jesus didn't pay attention to that. That meant so much to us. And the one thing that really is good, all of a sudden, I have more than acquaintances. I have friends. I have people that I know. I know things about them and some of the things that maybe they've gone through in life. And I can call their name out and I can truly say, Oh, that's my friend, not just somebody that I see in Sunday school on Sunday morning. And then also, I came to know Jesus even better. I came to know and feel his spirit and his anointing. And there's so many places, from Galilee to Bethlehem or Nazareth to the tomb in the garden, which meant so much to me whenever we had our communion. Reuben and Janet had planned that after we saw the tomb and we walked into this place that Jesus had lain and died and gave his life but then to walk out and say he's not there he's alive and he's well and he's our savior and then to go and have the communion it means that we are not the same anymore we are different we are a peculiar people. We are people that, that others may not understand. But I'm not going to go on because I could. But I just have just so blessed and pleased to have been able to go on this trip. One thing on a lighter note. I first of all want to thank Kevin, uh, Ray, Abel back here, and Jamie for all the help. They gave us getting us old folks in and out of the bus and kept us safe. But on a lighter note, we were in the market and one. Don't tell that. that <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Ray. Anyway, we were in the market and this guy comes up selling his goods. And of course, Ray had his daughter, Lolly, and son, Joshua. And Lolly was over there, and this guy was trying to sell her one of these headdresses or whatever they call it, and said, I, I like you. I give her dad a thousand camels for you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I asked Russ, Ray, how you can get those camels back to Texas? <laughs> but he was a real good sport about it, and he and I have become me a lot closer. You know, I've known Ray for since our discipleship class. But he, I really appreciate him and Abel, how good he was, and Jamie. So, but it was a lot of fun. We enjoyed 
swimming in the Sea of Galilee and floating in the Dead Sea and uh, the different cultures. At one time, they said they had over 48 tour groups in Jerusalem while we were there. And we got to witness a bar mitzvah, and that was very interesting. And the Wailing Wall, is, we just go on and on of things that we saw and really appreciated. The only thing that was not really enjoyable was the flight, 14 hours. But we survived that, and we still haven't gotten over jet lag. I don't think that we enjoyed it, no. So, but we really enjoyed it and appreciate the opportunity of getting to go. And thank Reuben and Janet so much. They were so knowledgeable and helpful, and the people they knew over there, we went to uh, the church, the King of Kings Church. We enjoyed that service, and it was real nice. And the people really appreciated the candy and the books and the sheets that we took. So we appreciate it. Thank you. First, thanks for letting me be here. I'm not normally a member of this class, but I'm blessed to get to be here. Um, I, it hit me as someone, I don't remember who it was, said, oh, everybody should go to Israel that's a believer. And I just want to say to you that um, you guys have a special treat in this class that no one else in this church gets. And I don't know if you know that you get to sit under the teaching of two amazing people. And so you may not physically get to go to Israel, but the spirit of Israel is smack dab in these two people. And they have um, given to you guys great teaching. So thank you very much. Um, I guess uh, my overall testimony comes during those last days when we hit the pools of Bethsaida. And... Um, you know the story, the guy, there's all these multitude people who are lame and blind and sick. And um, Jesus arrives on the scene and there's this guy that is just sitting there lame. And out of all the multitude, Jesus sees this one man. It goes to him and he says, do you want to be healed? And uh, the man turns to Jesus and he doesn't know who he is. And he says, how could I? How could... I be healed. I can't get into the water fast enough before somebody else gets there. I've been doing this for 38 years. And uh, it was then that the Lord really showed me that um, this guy, instead of seeing living water before him, healing water before him, he was focusing on uh, his circumstances and his, uh, he was blaming and he was finding fault with other people as well. He was almost in a spirit of offense, I thought. You know, I've read it in different translations. And um, it's almost this, nobody got me in here fast enough. What's the problem? And it just really hit me that that's where the Lord just set me free. Because um, I don't need to walk in offense and I don't need to walk in the circumstances that have been given to me. I can be set free from that because the healer is standing before me, you know, and he lives in me. And um, I can run to him for mercy, and I can run to him for grace, and I can run to him because he's already set me free. And this man just didn't see it. He didn't see it. And so this trip, the Lord revealed these things to me that I don't have to fall back on the things of this earth, that I supernaturally get to walk in a different way than those who don't know Jesus Christ. And so because of this offense and fault and blame and circumstances are merely things that I walk through as I entrust myself to a faithful creator. So you guys take great joy in the teaching that you have in Reuben and Janet because it is godsend for all of us. So thank you for doing this for us. Okay, as, as y'all already know, I went with my son and my daughter. And uh, just to clarify that story, <laughs> the Arab, uh, it was Roger, the South African, who went and grabbed me. He says, you better go bail your daughter out because she may be sold pretty soon. <laughs> so I went over there, and the, the, the Arab was talking to her. He showed her a picture of his son, 
on, from his cell phone. He shows, boy, he's, he's a handsome guy, but I didn't see it. And the guy asked me, how many camels do you want? And I, well, I was put on the spot. I don't know, how, how many camels do you want for a daughter? So I, I, ashamedly, I said 12. <laughs> but the guy said 1,000. Anyway, uh, I enjoyed going there. It was great having my son and my daughter with me. Uh, I think Julie said uh, for, it's a place for believers. It's also a place for non-believers because I've got both. My, my daughter believes, but uh, my son is, I think we're at, at that age where we're so intelligent, we think we know so much. And he's very, very logical. He's wor working on a degree in philosophy. And he still has doubts, but all I can do is uh, pray for him. What age is uh, He's 23 and my daughter's 22. But uh, what I was mostly amazed with uh, was not so much the sights, which I enjoyed. It was uh, some of us that, that well, all of us that went needed a combination of, of physical and spiritual health or help. Uh, I helped a lot more in the physical, but I, I was really helped a lot more spiritually and emotionally by some of my, some of you guys that I didn't even have a clue who you were until that, until those two weeks, especially Abel. Thank you. So I might have 45 minutes or <laughs> two, three. So I just want to say thank you, everybody. For me, it's just wow. That is a great privilege to be part of this group. And being in Israel has been like, you know, a changed life experience. And I believe this is not only the beginning, but it's going to be something that I'm going to try to, you know, cultivate in my life. But one of the things that I just grasp from there is the need to pray for Israel every day. Um, I have been in the United States for several years, visiting several cities, and one of the things that is more like, you know, impact my life was being in this secular environment, which is the holy place, it's the holiest place in this world, and they were working, I mean, this is a regular war, but I feel like, you know, so impacted to pray for those people to meet Jesus, and this is something that I have in my heart, that I've been trying to work more and more praying for Israel and for the salvation and revelation of the true life. Blessing. Shalom. Some of you may not know Abel. Abel Castro and his wife, Fani, joined our congregation, I guess, last year, sort of. So he was the, the 37th person on our tour. We had one ticket left. He took it right away, and I... I Later said to Reuben, he's a, he's a doctor, and his, and his wife's a doctor. So later I said to Reuben, do you think we're going to need a doctor on this tour? I mean, why is the Lord giving us a doctor? Sure enough, we kept him busy. So whose glasses are these? Okay, Joyce. Um, Marianne, you want to come up? And Liz, where are you? Liz, you'll follow Marianne. minute. But um, Boker Tov, Shalom Rebaka, Rebaka, yes. I was the only one that tried to speak some Hebrew, okay? <laughs> and it was, I really had to study it. But anyway, um, last night, yeah, uh, what is she saying, this, this crazy woman from Waco, Waco. Um, in last night, I was going over pictures with Bill and he was asking questions and I started getting confused. And some of the pictures I'd taken on my phone, I cannot recognize. I thought I gotta ask Janet, I gotta ask others. And we ended up in Jerusalem. We'd been in Galilee, but we ended up in Jerusalem. And so uh, my feelings about getting everything, just kind of getting it all in order, there's a Hebrew word, balagan, which means mess. <laughs> And anyway, I was thinking about Jerusalem and just the chaos there, the chaos, the balagan, because of somebody mentioned 40 tour, tour groups. I mean, people everywhere. And so uh, anyway, I was thinking about that. And then this morning, which I had really wanted to share anyway, the word came to me, simplicity. 
simplicity. And I always, when I try, to, when I share, I always try to think about who I'm sharing with. And I will tell you, I, I questioned going on this trip. My hip was hurting. A number of you have some health problems and uh, experience health problems. And then I had a little fear because Bill and I have almost been married for 45 years, and we've always traveled together. And he's been, he's organized all the trips. And here I was going to go on a trip alone, and I will tell you, I felt fearful. And then I thought about many of you who are without their mates, and I know you have had those feelings. In fact, we had somebody on our trip, a widower, that was that had a hard time uh, because he and his wife had always wanted to go to Israel together, and there he was alone. But anyway, um, what impressed me, I think, the most is I, I love Jehovah Ra, our shepherd. Jesus, David was a shepherd king, God the Father, Jesus, our shepherds. And I love that concept because I so identify with a you, a lamb. I am so dependent on him. And so simplicity is what I saw around the Sea of Galilee. And I even shared with some, you know, it was a hard, as somebody brought out, it was a hard path to walk. But, you know, Jesus traversed it in sandals and slowly. He, our pace in, in the West is so rapid and time-oriented, but he took his time, and he always had time for people, and his pace was slow. And to me, that reminds me of the shepherd and how that he says, uh, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And to me, that's what we do as sheep. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. And he's committed to leading us, and as a sheep, our part is to depend on him and let him lead and learn from him. One of the pictures that I took, uh, somebody took for me, was in the, the city of Bethlehem, which is huge now developed, but they had a little village there, a reconstructed uh, village from the first century, and there where the sheep pen was, they had different, you know, how life was there, hard life, but a simple, simplistic life, you know what I mean? But there in the pen was a ewe, a mama sheep, and a little tiny lamb nestled in her arms, so dependent, so dependent on that mama. And, of course, you know, the scripture says, um, uh, it says, uh, you know, how he leads us beside still waters, and he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. And that's the kind of relationship he wants with us. And those of us that don't have mates, those of us that have physical problems, he is tender and he's compassionate and he loves us and he will guide us. Here's my shepherd made of olive wood. That's what I brought for my um, show and tell. But uh, remember this scripture, and I know you know it, but Isaiah 46, 3 through 4. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all you who remain of the house of Israel, and we're the grafted in. We are the grafted in. We are of the house of Jacob now. You whom I have upheld since you were conceived. I have upheld you since you were conceived and have carried you since your birth. Think about that, shepherd. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you, and I will carry you. Amen? I will sustain you, and I will rescue you. So he is precious. Good morning. 
Shalom, y'all. <laughs> I don't sound like Emma. But anyway, um, thank you. Uh, my show and tell is, uh, I, had, I brought two. One Julie found for me, and it's a, uh, it's a postcard of the pilgrimage to the temple, and it has olive trees that I loved. And anyway, so um, um, the, other, the other show and tell is this bag that we were given when we, um, we met our tour bus people and everything. And this is like, you know, the thing that you carry stuff in. And, and I learned on the third day out um, when we were at um, Caesarea by the sea, we, were, we went in a church, and we had been instructed, and I have been instructed innumerable times before, after, during. Watch your feet, Liz, watch your feet. And I got distracted and didn't watch my feet, and I fell. And I fell, and I misaligned the whole left side of my body and hurt my knee. And, um, of course, there are those that who know me well who would say it's not a trip unless Liz falls at least once. So in that, I guess, it, it was kind of. But I, I um, not unlike what Mary Ann, it was appropriate that I followed her. Because what Mary Ann was saying about having some fear about, can I do this? And I, I mean, I had numerous conversations, poor Janet. I know she was like, oh no, she's calling me again. But um, through this experience, um, and there are so many that, there's so, I have so many takeaways, but the main one that I want to tell you all about is that I was forced to be dependent on everyone. And it wasn't just one or two, it was every one they jumped to my defense that the thing um, in um, 2 Corinthians uh, 4, um, it's the verses uh, that start in 10 that talk about persecution, and in no way was I persecuted. But it does such, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self, is being renewed day by day for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen for the things that are seen are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal and every time I needed someone to help me they were there. The hand was there. Jesus' hand is with us. And um, I just, what I, I, I realized that I can't be a person like they were that can keep someone from falling physically. But I know the Lord wants me to extend my hand for him in other ways to people. And I, I, you know, I know that he's given me other gifts besides balance. <laughs> and so um, I'm just I just can't say how grateful I am the Lord made a way for me to go and I went and it was beyond all I could ask or think and that's it Just in reflecting on uh, what Abel said, how the Lord's put it so on his heart to be praying for Jerusalem and for Israel, I want to remind you that actually it's, it's something we should all be doing. I want to read to you from Isaiah 62, verse 1. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation is a lamp that burns. Verse 6 says, I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem, who shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, which means you who remember the Lord, do not keep silent and give him no rest until he establishes and until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. 
And this is what we all need to be praying. Lord, make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. We will be watchmen on the walls for your purposes to be done in Jerusalem. Reuben, you were getting up. First, let me just ask, um, did anyone lose this pen? It looks like one of Bill's pens. You lost? All right, you should. Just for a little clarification, uh, we arrived on the 15th, which was a Sunday. We left on the 14th. And uh, our first day of actual touring was on the 16th, and we did start at Caesarea Philippi. And then we went up to Mount Carmel. And I had just finished sharing a devotional and a message about what happened at Mount Carmel and the significance of repairing the altar of the Lord, which is what Elijah did. And then had just shared about how the fire fell on Mount Carmel, and 10 minutes later, Liz did the same. Liz <laughs> fell on Mount Carmel. So that's kind of an interesting memory, but what was so special is that she had a heart fall there, and uh, it was wonderful to see a number of people immediately come to her aid, being very careful about how she was being lifted up, if anything may have been broken. But the fact that she was even able to walk after a hard fall of not seeing a step and going forward, it was a great sign I sensed from the Lord, I'm with you in this journey. This is day one, and you've already had an accident, and there's not lasting consequences. So that was a great, great testimony. Okay, who's next? Janet. Okay, Connie, would you like to share? Okay, while she thinks about it, Emma, would you like to share? And while she thinks about it, oh, here she comes. Uh, Wanda Simon, I'm going to ask you next, wherever you're hiding. Oh, good, I see you. Thank you, Bill. Connie, you think about it, okay? Well, when I had the opportunity to go on this trip, I thought, what a wonderful trip. Reuben and Janet are going to be leaving us. And it was just like a gift. And Ted had always wanted to send me to um, the Holy Land. But I was always taking care of somebody, and I couldn't, I couldn't go. He didn't want to spend the money to go himself. And I think after going that he would have, it would have been hard for him because he's so hyper on the plane or whatever. But I just, you know, I'm still in that recovery thing from Ted. Um, and um, when we were on the Sea of Galilee, um, they were playing beautiful uh, Christian music and praise music, and um, um, and so the Lord just awakened me to dance, and I I just couldn't be there and not dance, and I I felt like you know I didn't want people to think that I was showing off or you know trying to get attention or something, but. They played the days of Elijah, and that, and you know, that just sparks me to dance. Before we left, I mean, it was so peaceful there on the Sea of Galilee, and I felt, you know, that the Lord had said over and over to come unto him, and he would give me rest, and that rest was so beautiful there. Um, on the Sea of Galilee, it was so peaceful, and, you know, you just felt the Lord's Spirit, and that just um, more or less awakened me um, more to the Spirit. And um, the, um, the um, last thing we did was go to the um, grave of Jesus and and a garden tomb, yeah, that's right, because it wasn't his grave, he wasn't buried there, but it was just so meaningful, um, it's just so precious to be there, 
And, and then when we came out, Reuben spoke. And Reuben had spoken earlier about crossing the line so that you would give your all to the Lord. And um, just so many, so many teachings from Janet and Reuben. We just felt so blessed and so filled up with um, the Lord that, um, you know, it was just a wonderful experience. And so many people came and helped me uh, get up the hills. And there was always somebody there, even people that didn't really know me. It just came to my aid. It was precious. The love of God was so tangible. And um, you just knew that you were going to be taken care of. So thank you. <laughs> well, I hate to speak in front of people, but here I am. Come on, Marianne. I need help. <laughs> now, this was um, more than I ever expected on this trip. And um, it was just a wonderful faith renewal time. It was like Bible camp on steroids. It was just, I mean, we were there where, where all the stories were. It was unbelievable. And Janet and Reuben just were fabulous. And they had a guide for us who a messianic Jew who it, he knew so much about the land, the political, the history, the Bible. He loved Jesus. Um, so I, it just couldn't have been better. And I loved getting to know people better in our church, in our group. And the day we left, there was a headline that um, in the Jerusalem Post, PM's newest advisor a Jew who loves Jesus. So anyway, that's all I can, I, it was just wonderful. La, uh, Wanda led one of our devotions on the bus and I saw that she's afraid of the mic. So I'm going to hold it for her, otherwise she'll be far away from the mic. Well, everybody's expressed what I would love to say, too. Huh. Where would you start? But the overall view would be the people of Israel, which I developed the beginning of love for in my teens when I read the story of Anne Frank, the diary of Anne Frank, and... Um, and I have prayed for the peace of Jerusalem. And now I have a much better idea of what I'm praying for. And the, the word of God just certainly came alive. The teaching of our teachers, such a blessing. And most of my notes, too, are from their teachings. And the, chur the church in, at Mount Carmel, that's where I got my souvenir for sure. And it was a CD by Karen Davis that led us in singing. And it was just a wonderful experience. And then to go to the place where they minister to the people, that's the kind of thing I love, the hands-on kind of ministry. And the Sea of Galilee. So the whole northern part of Israel was basically most agreeable to me <laughs> and I wasn't woozy or anything at that point even on the Sea of Galilee so peaceful and Jesus was near and Julie reminded me on our last day on the airplane that feelings are not always very dependable I had gone 
with the idea that I wanted to feel Jesus walking with me. And then it occurred to me, as the days went by, that he was in these people around me, my, the body of Christ, and they were there helping, and which I did need a helping hand quite often. I don't know why it had to, I had to have that vertigo, but it, it served a purpose because it made me reach out and depend on people. Thank you so much. And thank my husband because he and his daughter made it possible for me to go. Thank you. Is there anyone else here from the tour that would like to share? Have I missed anybody? Like Phyllis Thomas? Phyllis, do you have anything you'd like to share? Give us a highlight. Good. While she's coming, let me just share. Most everything that we visited was something of the past, has biblical significance of some event that took place um, before us. But there was a place that really uh, I felt was a God-ordained time for us because it has significance in the future. And in fact, it has significance in the near future. Today is April 29th, 2018. And in 16 days time, the United States is moving its American embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem to be the first nation to do this. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we happen to be in Jerusalem on a Saturday, a Shabbat, which means that all the staff does not work on Shabbat. They work six days a week, Sunday through Friday. And I didn't know if they would even allow us to drive on up to where the U.S. Western Consulate is built. And it's in the side of a mountain. It's a tremendous fortress. And uh, neither the guy, neither our guide from New Zealand nor our driver, an Israeli, knew where it was. They'd never been there. Now, Janet and I, we lived for a year just one block away while they were building it. And we knew that this is something to behold, especially since this is what's going to be declared the embassy in 16 days' time. And I, I mentioned to everyone, folks, be sure to get a picture because you can say, I was there when you see dignitaries in front of that now consulate, which is going to become our embassy. You can say, I was there. I was there. So it was wonderful that we got there on a Saturday because no one was there <laughs> except our bus. And in fact, I'm going, oh, my gosh, we're driving up the driveway. There's normally security guards down at the bottom of the bus, at the bottom of the driveway. And then there's security guards everywhere, and there was nobody except our bus. <laughs> and we did. Uh, oh, I'm sure we're on video. I'm sure. In fact, they saw Julie smile. They're probably on YouTube. Yeah. But we did it. We did a U-turn, and, and I, I just asked them to stop. Stop the bus right there. And we were right at the entrance. I don't even think they allow buses to come up that far. So we had a special treat to be able to see something in the future, not merely things in the past. And friends, I say this, it will be an, an historic event on May 14th. Uh, and it will be news coverage around the globe. And already at least 12 other nations are looking to follow suit of moving their embassies from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem as well. So uh, I, I just consider that a prophetic act, uh, not just looking at the past, but looking at the future. Julie? For those that maybe have not heard this uh, on the recording, Julie just said we, because of the significance of May 14th, 2018, we need to be covering this day in prayer because the powers that hate Israel uh, are 
longing for its destruction. And, and this is a sealing, a cementing of a truth that Jerusalem is the eternal capital of the Jewish people for over 3,000 years. It's just being restored, and our flag is going to say, we're putting our flag into that soil saying, yes, Jerusalem is the eternal capital. Okay, Emma? Uh, if we have time. Right now, I want to have Phyllis come. Marianne's going to stand with you, so she'll... I've got your back. Somebody. <laughs> I, I am a school teacher, but I am a a private person, and uh, this is difficult for me. This was a trip of a lifetime, all of my life, ever since I accepted Christ many years ago. Um, many years ago, I did as a young child, and that was, this was my most bucket list, you might say. This was the thing that all of my life I said, I wanted to go to the Holy Land and be where Jesus was, walk where Jesus was. And this this was that, that journey. And when I went, when we started the journey, I had a feeling that there was going to be obstacles from the devil that was going to impair my walk in the in the Holy Land, and I prayed about it. And then, even as we were there, I prayed harder every day that the Lord was going to protect me. The Lord was going to cause these obstacles, or for me to be able to deal with them, where I could truly feel Jesus' presence and the Lord's presence there. And I did. And it was it was a struggle some days that I knew that Satan was there saying, you know, this is not, you know, just putting obstacles in my way. And, and he took care of me. And he, everything that everybody has said, I felt, the Lord in all of the places and when I went got home and I reflected on the pictures and everything I reflected and I knew what I had experienced we had such of a fast pace and it was hard some days to reflect on those and and realize the importance and the significance but when I've had time to sit and continue to sit I know that my Savior was there, and I know who he is. And it was such a wonderful experience. And like everybody has said, there's, there was always something happening, and everybody was reaching out. I never felt, I was asked this question yesterday, uh, did you ever feel unsafe? Did you ever feel uncomfortable far as you know your security and I never did even when we got lost in the market we were Liz had fallen and we were behind Liz and them and we went around because the other group had gone down this way and we kept looking back to see Janet and and Liz and them and they were there and they were coming and then the next thing they were not and it, you got to understand that we were in this little bitty pathway, and it was millions of people. And we looked up, and nobody was in front of us. And we looked back, and there was no, no Janet because she's, you know, she's a tall person. And so we kept, <laughs> well, and I mean, you know. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, and we couldn't hear anything over the whisper. And we kept walking, and we went down another way, and we went. And then all of a sudden, someone said, Phyllis, if you can hear us, raise your hand. And then they did, and they said, uh, oh, there's her hand. But it was, it, it was, it was, 
it was an experience. It really was. I mean, I mean because I've taken so many children's tours, you know, uh, field trips, and you're always so conscientious of everybody and not getting lost. And here we were. We, we kind of got separated. But anyway, I must reiterate that it was a blessing. And all of the lessons and all of the things that we that were shared was really a blessing. And, and I feel so grateful that I was Amen. able to go. And the person that, that, the person that went with me is not a, he is a Christian, but he is, you know, kind of on the sideline because of uh, organized religion. And he and I both shared that, you know, it made a difference. And especially when we were in the garden and took the communion. So, Amen. Such a blessing. Well, there were just so many highlights. Uh, Emma had mentioned about the significance of the fountain of tears. Um, that was a, a very moving event. Um, there are plaques in the wall, uh, actually along and through Jerusalem stone, uh, where there are figurines of parts of Jesus on the cross. And a friend of mine uh, back in the 80s had a tremendous revelation from the Lord of connecting the greatest agony of God in seeing his son being crucified and the greatest agony of the Jewish people, which was the Holocaust. And God supernaturally gave my friend a revelation how these two events are strongly connected. And that is revolutionary in regards to modern thinking. But he has these panels of Jerusalem stone of where Jesus, portions of his body are coming out from the wall, out from the Jerusalem stone. And he's having a, 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 an expression of the seven last words of Jesus on the cross. And in front of them is a full life statue, a bronze statue of a person in the Holocaust. And how that phrase of Jesus can relate to that phase of what the Jewish people were going through during the Holocaust. Uh, you could hear our hearts beat from panel to panel to panel as they went through the seven last words of Jesus. It was so powerful. Every time we've ever gone and brought a group, it's, it's been very deeply meaningful. And, and the very last one was so touching because on one side you see uh, an oven, one of the crematoriums. And... And you see a little hand and a flower coming out. And as you turn it around, you see a child on the inside of longing to still embrace an element of life. So it was, uh, it was a moving time. Uh, the Fountain of Tears was just one little, uh, that really lengthened the, our time of going up to Jerusalem because we had to go all the way down to the south uh, into the, the into the Negev before we made our trip on up to Jerusalem. So it was the longest day of a bus ride. But nothing can top our 11-hour flight from Vienna <laughs> to Chicago. <laughs> Jen, anything else? All right. Let's just thank the Lord. Lord, we just want to thank you for an opportunity that... Uh, that some of us had to be able to go to the land of promise. And Jesus, that's just what that land was. Uh, Moses called it the land of promise, the promised land. It was in that place where you were born, Jesus, where you were, uh, did all kinds of miracles, where you were rejected by men, where you were accepted by so many. And Lord, thank you that because God in the flesh walked on that particular piece of property on the earth, it will forever be set aside as holy. That's why it is holy land. But Lord, we want all to be partakers of your holiness, and that's eternal. It's not just limited to one particular piece of property. It's eternal. 
And Lord, I pray that you would help each of us in our journey to not only enter into that place of promise that you have for each one of us to fulfill our eternal redemptive destiny, but that, Lord, you would help us each in our journey to fulfill everything that you've called us to do. We'd be in every place that you would ordain for us to walk into. We would say yes to you even before you speak to us. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for all these wonderful testimonies. We pray that you would be honored and glorified through each of our lives of those that went and those that stayed so that Jesus might be lifted up all in all. Amen. Amen. Okay, we'll send out an email on that. May 3rd, National Day of Prayer at the First United Methodist Church. Uh, this book, next week, we're going to do our last session in this book. We're going to cover the, sh the, the subject of shame, from shame to glory. It's chapters 33 and 34. And those of you that went to Israel, this is a picture of Netanya, sunset over Netanya, just on, by the sideline. We also have some of this book here. If you don't, haven't purchased one yet, you'd be interested. We have a few books up here. God bless you. We'll see you in the worship service. Yes, sir.